finding the buyers is the part that actually helps you get a deal across the closing line. Because you can secure a deal. You can do all the things that we've talked about. You can put your rehab estimates. You can work on finding an ARV. You can walk the property. You can have the conversation, get the property into contract. But now what? Now you have to assign the property. Now you have to find somebody, another investor that's going to see the value in the property that you've got under contract and you can make some money. The Deal Machine REI Podcast. Everything you need to know to get started in real estate investing. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast, where our mission is to give you everything you need to know step-by-step on how to get into real estate investing. So my name is David Lecco, and my co-host is Ryan Haywood. This episode is specifically for our wholesalers out there. And so if you don't know, wholesaling means you get a property that is typically off-market. You get it under contract yourself, and then you pass it off to an investor who has money, and they pay you for the privilege of closing on this really amazing rental property or type of uh, investment property that needs work. You got it at such a great price, they're going to pay you maybe 20 grand for the privilege of them buying it. Um, and so I do, I've, I've taken down nine rentals. I've gone direct to seller. I've done all the conversations. I found really amazing deals. And I have two stories I'm going to share uh, where I almost wholesale it, but I just kept them myself. Ryan's done almost 300 of these type of wholesale deals. And so we're really going to lean on him. And I'm curious, Ryan, how did you find your first buyer when you did that, that 14, that it's a 30 day challenge, but you found the first deal in your first 14 days. Like, where did you go from there? Yeah. So you could, we can call it the 14 day wholesaling challenge. That's a new challenge that that we're going to do. Yeah. We're, we're going to make an expedited version of the 30 day. We're going to call it the 14 day challenge. Can you do a deal? as fast as Ryan can? The answer is yes, you could. Uh, Sometimes it takes a while. So we found our very first buyer uh, was actually, we shared it on a a Facebook marketplace page, um, but a realtor was the first person that brought a buyer to the table. They seen this deal. um, They had a buyer that was interested and they brought the buyer to the table. So it was a twofold a twofold way of finding it. We put, posted it on Instagram or Marketplace, and then a realtor is the one that actually brought a buyer to the table. Wow! How did this realtor even know that you had this property under contract? I'm. They had seen it on uh, Facebook, so obviously being in St. Joe, friends with a lot of different people. So I had posted. We posted it in Marketplace, but I also shared it from my personal Facebook page and somebody had seen it and just tagged another realtor in it. And then that realtor reached out and said, I have a a buyer that's interested in that specific area. Can we come and take a look at it? And so that was, that was how we did it. We met them there, the realtor and the investor. We met them on site. Um, They walked the property together. I did not know, again, this was so early in my, in, in my journey that I didn't know what to even do on this appointment. So I just kind of stood back and let them walk the property. I walked through it with them. Um, They didn't really ask me any questions. It was pretty self-explanatory, the property itself. It was a a decent property, had some fire damage. um, But the guy that the investor knew well enough to be able to tell what he was going to spend in the rehab, um, 
And yeah, so that was that's what what ended up happening. And after they left the appointment, they did not make an offer right at the beginning or at the end of that appointment, which made me nervous because I'm like, man, they don't want it. But it was like the next day they came back and said, hey, they'd like to submit their offer at I'm, I'm wanting to think they said like eight thousand. Um, and we quickly just said the the I think eight thousand was what we had it under contract for. Um, so we just quickly said this has to be no less than eighteen thousand. Uh, that is our bottom dollar. Um, and they said, "Yep, yeah, we'll do it." That was that was that. And then it was kind of like again, I was so nervous about okay, now what? Now what do I do? Because I had it under contract, I got mm -hmm. a buyer ready, and then there's a realtor involved. And so I just explained to her, I said, "Hey." This is an assignment. I already have an assignment contract prepared. Is it okay if we use my paperwork uh, for this transaction? And she was cool with it. She understood what the uh, assignment process was. And so she supported it. She actually looked over our contract and said, no, this is totally fine. Um, and then, yeah, off to so the, the realtor. Did the realtor even take a fee? She actually got a fee. Her fee actually came from the investor the investor paid her like a finder's fee for finding the deal so they, it was so no she was already working with an investor yep so the 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 investor uh actually just paid her a fee you don't even know what it was because you nope. weren't involved nope. yeah okay it was a finder's fee for for her directly from him Got it. So one of these really great avenues that you used was Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. It is legal. This is an important distinction about what makes wholesaling legal, by the way, because realtors advertise properties that are for sale and they can they can do that because they are licensed to do so. If you're if you're not a realtor, you can't advertise somebody else's property unless you have an equitable interest in the property yourself. That's why you can advertise your own property and list your own property for sale. But if you have the property under contract, you now have an equitable interest in that property, which is why you have to have the property under contract. And then you can post it on Facebook marketplace exactly yes. like you did. Yeah. No marketing prior to having the signature. Mm -hmm. um, that is the the distinction. So obviously making sure you get it under contract, uh, have that, uh, that dotted line signed and then yeah you i mean for so you me, had a bunch of pictures taken right you had a bunch I would of pictures say we had like eight pictures i always say get a picture per room and a picture of each of the there is a theory of too many pictures is overwhelming mm -hmm. if you get a file full of 72 pictures but there's only five bedrooms or four bedrooms and two bathrooms a kitchen like you really like get a picture of each room unless there's something like really bad with the property. And then obviously don't hide it. Just take pictures of it so that they see, Hey, this is an issue. Oh, this foundation walls collapsed. Take a picture of that so that that's addressed, that that's known. Mm -hmm. uh, but don't go overboard. Got it. Okay. Well, where'd you find your next buyer for your next deal? The next buyer, um, so in part of the 30-day uh, challenge, there was a talking to people and letting people know what you do. Um, and so we st had started sharing several 
you know, several days into this journey, hey, this is what we were doing. We were telling our family, we were telling our friends. And it was a conversation with one of our friends. And she said, actually, my uncle just started buying real estate properties in St. Joe, and he might be interested. And so I said, cool, can can you have can you start an introduction? And so she had connected her uncle to me, and we had talked and explained everything. And um, I sent him a couple deals that we then had under contract. And he, you know, did his deal analysis on them, put both of them under contract, took those two deals down. That was the next two. After I did the first one in the 30-day or 14-day challenge, the next transaction I did was two deals to one buyer simultaneously closed. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, he had even mentioned, uh, actually, I've got another friend that is interested in getting started in real estate. I'm going to connect the two of you. And then it just started evolving. We started putting stuff on Instagram uh, to kind of document the journey. Uh, But our first three buyers, one was a realtor's referral. The next one was a referral from a a friend. And then the referral after that was another referral from another investor. So the word just started spreading through who we were working with. Um, And that's how initially, and we still to this day, there's one of the investors that's a of that original three that still buys from us. So when you started looking for a property, you did not have a buyer's list. No, no, I had nothing. You I had started no buyer's by list. A, I had no nothing. You started by finding a great deal. Found a great deal first and then found an investor to buy it. Amazing. Okay. How big is your buyer's list now? We have a large buyer's list, but there's like, let's just be honest with, what we actually do, we probably have a total of 10 buyers that we focus on the most. Like, okay, we've got a large buyers list, but there's some people in that buyers list that are just, I would say they're just along for the ride. They're just there to see the deal, but haven't bought anything. Mm -hmm. We'll still send out marketing emails uh, to a, a list through MailChimp, but we have 10, about 10 investors that are our repeat buyers. Okay, got it. That makes sense, right? The Pareto principle says, you know, the 80-20 principle, like 80% of your deals are going to get bought by 20% of your buyers. Correct. And those are just like the heavy hitters. Yep. Yep. Do you give them any special treatment or do you actually just send the same deal to all of your buyers without giving special treatment? When I started um, that first deal, there was no special treatment involved at all. It was just, here's the deal. This is what it was. And I should have stuck with that. Uh, but I had a mindset of I'm trying to establish a relationship with some of these people. So I started to kind of scale back a little bit on the assignment fees. And I, if these guys were, I had one guy that bought 16 properties from me in my first year. And for him, I just agreed that I would reduce my assignment fee because he was buying pretty much everything that I was bringing to him. I would agree. We agreed to have a reduced assignment fee. Now, if I could do it all over again, uh, I would just stick to the the base assignment fee was consistent for everyone because it really it's one of those things I didn't know until I knew. But like one of the very first things that I fixed in my journey, you know, two years in was raising my assignment fee back up because I had gotten to a point where I was just comfortable and complacent accepting 
low assignment fees. Like some of them were even under 5,000. But that was a point that I'm like, man, I could literally do less deals and make more if I would just bring my assignment fee back up. Because I was still analyzing the deals with a five dollars to $10,000 assignment fee, but then I would go under that to build relationships with a buyer that would be consistent. So in reality, I should have kept the assignment fee as the assignment fee. My base would have been 5000 no matter what, because that's what I ran the numbers on. If I had done that, I would have been able to work a little bit less and not have to do as many deals to do the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I've heard a lot of times uh, the advice that you don't want to be the employee of the cash buyer. No. And when you, you do special treatment, you end up kind of becoming an employee, which is what everyone did, you know, started wholesaling to yep. avoid, avoid becoming an employee and to work for yourself. And so I've, I've seen um, when people can actually just treat everyone the same way, that allows you to stay and operate as an independent wholesaler and to actually charge you know probably the highest assignment fee possible yeah yeah 100 percent. and i i wish i i don't regret i i could say i wish i could go back and do it over and do it the right way but i wouldn't be where i'm at today if i hadn't learned all these lessons i wouldn't be mm-hmm. able to have this call and say hey don't do this because i did this mm-hmm. uh so i hope that that helps somebody hey stick with your numbers like you ran the numbers you did the formula you put the you put the rehab budget idea together. Like just stick with that. Be consistent with that and be confident in in what you're presenting in terms of, of the numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't deviate. Don't go lower unless it's like you have to to get the deal to close. Sometimes that's the case where, look, the nobody's interested in the deal with the way the numbers are. You can't find a buyer the way that the number's on. So what are the controllables? Well, you can control how much your assignment fee is. That's absolute so the other part of it is the renegotiation with going back and trying to renegotiate a deal but Mm -hmm. to me it was always like am i charging too much is my assignment fee causing the this to not be a deal for somebody so that's always the first thing that i would evaluate is where's my assignment fee in this does this affect the way that this deal is being uh, looked at Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the only real controllable that i had because even going back and renegotiating a contract, the seller could say, no, I'm not going to do that. So yeah, there are times where dropping that assignment fee becomes a necessity, depending on if you can find a, a buyer or not. I actually almost wholesaled a deal twice. And what I did was I, I found it. It was on this uh, street called Brookside Avenue. It was like a 3-2 owned by a church in a pretty like rough area. And I got that thing under contract for $21,000, I believe. And then I was really unsure if it would be a great rental property or not for me, since I had never bought in that area before. So I was like, why don't I wholesale it? It'd be a great experience to wholesale it too. And I was like, well, the best spot I could find a buyer. Uh, well, I wasn't as smart as you. I didn't put it on Facebook Marketplace. I think that's a great strategy. What I did is I Googled, we buy houses in Indianapolis. And then I found the top three results. And I was like, why don't I just ask these guys if they'd want to partner on this deal with me? And so I ended up uh, hitting up Simple Wholesaling. Uh, Brett Snodgrass said yes. So if you guys need to find a buyer, Facebook Marketplace ain't working for you. You could always Google, 
we buy houses, your city, and that person probably wants to partner on the deal with you. Um, has, uh, has anyone ever done that with you, Ryan? I have in the course of the last uh, two years, we have had so many other wholesalers bringing us deals. Amazing. Um, in fact, last uh, this month, I'm saying last month, like it's almost over, but this month, one of the deals that we've closed was a deal that was brought to us from another another wholesaler. And the deal was a, a very good deal. We were able to uh, find a buyer within less than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a consistent buyer that was looking for more properties and the numbers all made sense. And they went and walked through it with us. They agreed to the assignment price. And that wholesaler is like, man, that was the fastest I've ever done a deal. And I'm like, that's the benefit of working with somebody that's doing it. Mm -hmm. But also, you got to partner with somebody with a good deal. Like, yeah. he brought the deal to me. Hey, this is a deal. Can you help me put a number together? I put the number together. We got it under contract. What I do see, and I will, I will kind of throw a little bit of caution out there to some people, Taking and doing a JV deal with a bad deal is only going to make the deal worse. Because mm -hmm. totally. I've also seen other investors or other wholesalers bring me a deal that they don't initially tell me they're JV'd already with somebody. So this has happened th this last week. Somebody sent me, hey, I've got two properties in St. Joe. Would you be interested in uh, doing a JV? And I'm like, yeah, What's tell me the numbers. And they're like, this neighborhood ARV at, at most would be like $70,000 for this house at most. Great. It's not a great part of town. Like the properties were, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, well, that's easily a 50 to $55,000 renovation. I'm like, what's the contract price? 29,000. I'm like, this is not a good deal. And mm -hmm. like, I always assume like our market is so different than like, we're close to Kansas city and people just kind of assume the ARVs in Kansas City are the same as what they are here. And they're so different, like so dramatically different. And so I just said, I'm like, look, the rehab is going to be 55. The ARV is about 70. Um, I don't see 29 being a price. Do you have room to go down on on the either the assignment fee or can we renegotiate this contract? And they're like, well, we can't renegotiate the contract because we're JV'd with another investor. I'm like, mm. oh my goodness. Like, so this was a JV upon a JV upon another JV. Yeah, don't and do the that. number just kept going up. I'm like, yeah, it's no longer a deal for anyone. So yeah, instead of trying to JV with everybody out there, you don't want to do that. Uh, I, I would say, you know, find if you're going to go the route of you want a JV, go do the Google, see who comes up at the top of the list. They're probably the best in the market. So I would just pick that one person. They'll tell you, hey, we got to renegotiate this. And that's yep. what happened with me. Simple wholesaling was like, hey, I'm kind of at 14 grand. So can you go back and renegotiate? And then I said, yes, I went back, renegotiated. Uh, the deal fell through because the church had it with a mortgage on their actual church also, and the bank wouldn't release the property separately. So we didn't do the deal, but um, that was how I almost hold a prop wholesale the property one time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think that squatting up is absolutely the way to go. So, if you've got a deal, definitely like if you don't have buyers, go to people that do like, I'm always happy if somebody brings a deal, that's a good deal. Always happy to go for it. Yeah.
Now, did you have like a agreement for JVing? Did you write it down to say like, hey, yeah, we'll do you this definitely split? Definitely got to have that. Like, what is uh, what are the components of that agreement? Essentially, the idea of the JV agreement is that you are splitting that you are a fifty fifty and and partner on the assignment fee. Um, and really, like I've had people come to me and they're like, hey, would you do twenty five percent finders fee? I'm like, nope, because I've worked for three years building the relationships with all my buyers, the last thing I'm going to do is, is give them a deal that's not mine and not make a reasonable profit on it. Mm -hmm. Like I know that, yeah, I could sell them this deal, but I also know that in a week I'm going to have another deal for them mm -hmm. and I, I want them to buy mine. Mm -hmm. So I, I said it hard and fast. It's 50%. I've got a component that you need and that's a buyer for your mm -hmm. deal. Um, and that's just as important. That's what we're. That's why this is a topic on a on our podcast. It's an important component to an assignment. You are not assigning anything unless you have an end buyer. Mm -hmm. So, the value for an end buyer, especially on a JV deal, is is only fair to say fifty fifty because that's mm -hmm. essentially that's the process in and of itself. Find a property, assign a property. Mm -hmm. That's it. So. Anytime somebody wants to come and say, hey, less than 50%, it doesn't make sense because you're doing half of the work or you're providing the second half of the value in this transaction. So um, it's important to have that assignment or that JV contract before you even send that to any of your buyers because there's too many times I've seen, I've experienced that we've locked up a deal with uh, an investor, they closed on it, I got like 500 bucks. I'm like, Hey, what, what's this $500? They're like, that's the finder's fee. I'm like, what was the assignment on this? Oh, mm -hmm. we were at 10,000. I'm like, well, then I should be at five. No, it was only a 500. Well, that, well nobody had that in the contract. So yeah. I was the one left holding uh, a bag of $500 versus the 95 that they got. Mm hmm. Uh, and I'll take a bag of $500 any day. Now I'm curious, we've, we've actually covered four ways to find buyers. I'm wondering how many we could get to. Um, the first one was post on Facebook marketplace. The second one was get a referral, uh, from an agent. The, that was kind of a combo for you. Mm -hmm. The third one was you kind of shared on social media that you were doing this challenge and a relative wanted to buy properties. So you got mm -hmm. introduced and then the fourth way is Googling We Buy Houses in your city and then reaching out to one of those top wholesalers to actually JV with them. Now, mm -hmm. are there any other ways that you personally have found buyers? Yes. Um, one, of the, one of the golden nuggets, this might be the golden nugget of this episode, is a title company. Really? Go to a title Walk company. Walk me through that. Yeah. Any so, title company? Or just a specific. Well, model. you want to find a title company that's that's doing, you know, wholesale transactions is obviously. Yeah. You got to vet the. A lot title of title companies, companies they 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 just do retail transactions. So correct. Uh, you could go to a real estate meetup and ask who people use for their wholesale deals, and then ask that title company. Yes, find out okay. the title company that does the wholesale deals, mm -hmm. um, and. Or even title companies that work with investors. Like, do you ever do transactions with investors? Yes. Could you share with me? I have a couple properties that I want to sell. Um, could you share with me a, a few of the investors that are buying properties in the, the area? And 
honestly, I probably would not be able to get this done without having rapport built with the title company. So I would not recommend this being like the first thing you do. I would say it's best to build a little bit of rapport, do a couple deals with the title company, get them comfortable with who you are and what, what deals you're doing, um, build the rapport and then say, Hey, I, I do have, I mean, we're trying to do this often. Um, I would love to be able to find a few more people in the area that are buying. Do you have contact to, uh, any, any other investors? And that has provided us with three new buyers that are consistent buyers to our list. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, like they were not in the 30 day wholesaling challenge. Um, they are all important, but it's important to know when to do certain things. If you're, if this is your first deal, I don't know that you want to go to the title company and say, Hey, do you have a buyer for this deal? I don't yeah. know that that's going to win you any kind of favor a, they don't know who you are. Uh, B they don't know what kind of business person you are, but the more you establish like yourself with them, the more they're going to be willing to help you because that's bringing them business. Mm -hmm. So they were very uh, happy to share that information with us. Uh, they gave us the contact information uh, for a couple of the top buyers. And that was, that was a very, very fruitful adventure. Uh, the other thing yeah. is finding cash buyers in your zip codes. Um, yeah. And that was part of the whole, the, wholesaling challenge was looking up pulling a list of all the cash transactions in your zip code and then skip tracing all those cold mm -hmm. calling all those and asking mm -hmm. them are you interested in buying other properties uh, in this market yes now i've got a list here uh from a little group that i'm in where people say what uh hedge funds or iBuyers they sell to. So I want to rattle off some of those names as well, uh, just in case uh, somebody... Now, now hedge funds don't buy in every single market, but they're fairly widespread across regions. So I wanted to read these to you. SFR3 is one. I know they buy in Indianapolis, and they have reps that you can contact that'll look at your deal and just buy it. Like They want to buy houses. So Google some of these names to see if they're buying in your region. Uh, I've got Conrex and Vinebrook. Also, Wedgwood is a big one, and people sell properties straight to Open Door. They'll get it under contract, and then they'll just wholesale it to Open Door. Mm -hmm. uh, have you noticed any iBuyers? And, and, and iBuyer is like a, a newer term that means they're just making offers based on straight data. Like they don't even go, I don't think, into the house, um, and they're very big and they're funded. Like Open Door, for example, would be an iBuyer. We do not have any iBuyers in our market. Okay too small how about any hedge funds none okay so i see sfr3 and open door on here quite a bit there's a few i haven't heard of but i'll go ahead and mention them uh it looks like tiber capital t-i-b-e-r and a, uh, somebody called open house i'm not sure if that was a mistake or if there's actually a hedge fund called open house but uh those are some of the ones that i'll mention uh to put in your arsenal is look up if there's any hedge funds or I buyers. Yep, absolutely. So how many is that? Do we got other ways? Instagram. Um, Instagram. So we're at six now. I would say uh, Instagram would be what seven. Have you found a buyer via Instagram? We've found a lot of buyers from Instagram. Um, obviously, it takes time to build your following. Like that's that, that that isn't something that happens overnight. If you're just posting deals and only have like 
60 family members as you're following, then that's going to be your next project is to try to grow your following to be able to, so other people can see those deals. But we have found several people that are, that are following us that are like, man, I would love deals with that, with those types of numbers. And we have done assignments with people out of state that literally found us through social media. Amazing. Seven. It's probably hard to do though, when you're brand new and you haven't done a deal yet. Right. We found actually in our first, this was July of 2020. That was our first full year doing our first, not even our first is our, in our first six months of doing uh, wholesale. And it, that was the very first, the buyer that bought 16 properties from a year one came from, from uh, Instagram. Oh, wow. The buyer that bought 16 properties from you. So yep. um, you can do it early, but yeah. Okay, great. That's number seven. Any other ways of finding buyers? Um, yeah, you know, talk to your friends. Like mm -hmm. the the art of talking and letting people know what you're doing is super valuable. We have mm -hmm. a couple of our very close friends that um have you know seen what we've been doing with our rental portfolio, and they're like, "Man, I want to get into that." And to me, I'm like, "Well, let me help you." Like I've got this many doors i've got this much cash flow and this is our business model is to find investment properties for other investors so if you're looking to get involved and you're wanting to make passive income let me help you find a deal mm -hmm. um so you know talking to your friends and family about real estate sharing your journey uh with other people you don't know there's tons of people out there that are looking for another way to create passive income and maybe in that position where they also, maybe they want to retire, maybe they want to just create passive income on the side of their of their nine to five job. Uh, but those are potential buyers for you. Um, mm -hmm. They, you know, they're looking for something that you have access to. So finding discounted properties in your market, uh, simply from just telling your friends, this is what I'm doing, um, This and give them examples, like show them, Hey, this property here, the, I've always been an advocate of like keeping track of your deals. Don't just wholesale it and then be like, ah, I'm done. Uh, you can, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I've gone back after I've wholesaled a property and like looked at the progress of it being fixed up. And then I'll go and ask that buyer. I'm like, Hey, that house looks fantastic. Do you mind if I share that on my Instagram and show the before and after? And they're like, no, that's great. So by doing that, that's showing people, hey, here's some before and after of what other investors have done with their project. Find out the numbers. Hey, is that one rented now? How much is it rented for? Okay, can I share that information with some of my other investors? Uh, and that just gives you more firepower to find other buyers. Proof and finding when you're, when you're wanting to present deals to people, having numbers wins favor. Like mm -hmm. if they can see, okay, if I put in $50,000 into this and it's worth 90,000 when it's done, but then it rents for 995 a month, uh, section eight, you show that to them. And it's like, that is good value versus, Hey, this house is 15,000. You might need like $25,000 to fix it up. It might rent for this. Yeah. What is more powerful? What argument, what presentation is more powerful? So use your experience that these other people are are getting from buying from you use their experience to help sell more of your deals
Mm -hmm. You put the numbers together, you go back and, Hey, can I take pictures of your finished product to kind of share with our other investors? That is building a portfolio of investment properties and invest and success stories that you can share on Instagram. You can share it with your friends and they can actually see sometimes the not being able to see it. Like, how does that, what does that look like? How does this, okay, buying a property and then what? By being able to show them the whole picture can get them to say, okay, yeah, I think I want to do this. And then you just totally. found another buyer. And I think that's a really good uh, number eight, uh, well, seven actually. Um, but for us to wrap up, uh, the eighth thing I wanted to show you was investor lift. There's a, it's a marketplace uh, for actually buying and selling properties as an option as well. Yeah. Uh, and so to recap everything that we covered, uh, we had one, Facebook marketplace, two, realtor. I love that you actually had a story and how the actual transaction went, how they got paid. Then we talked about looking for um, Googling we buy houses in your city and then finding somebody that is showing up at the top result and asking them if they want to partner on the deal with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Instagram. We talked about investor lift platform and we talked about, um, title company, title company. We talked about, you know, getting referred, like just talking with your friends and family. And then they gave you a referral that ended up buying some of your deals, mm -hmm. pulling uh, a list we... of cash transactions in your zip code and mm -hmm. then skip trace and call them. You can, okay, and you can get a list of cash transactions from a number of places. You may be able to get it from your title company or the county. I know in Deal Machine List Builder, you can actually find a list of cash transactions. Uh, so that could be an option for you as well. Yeah. And um, like since you brought it up, mm -hmm. that's also how you can skip trace them. Yeah, of course. Inside There's of a Deal Machine, you just hit right. skip trace. Bam. Yeah. So there's eight ways for you guys to find cash buyers. Uh, we'd love to hear your favorite way. I'd love it if Ryan told me next time, hey, I got a DM from like four people that said uh, they didn't know, you know, about getting a list of cash buyers was so easy. Uh, yeah. Just message Heritage Home Investments on Instagram. Uh, and then my Instagram is DLECO. And Ryan, is there anything else you'd want to add in before we wrap it up? Um, you know, very early in the journey, this is the most daunting task of wholesale is finding a buyer. And I went to a real estate meetup and I, the guy that was presenting was a very known, uh, very known wholesaling individual. Um, and after the, the meetup, I went to him, I'm like, how do you find buyers? And he said, that's the, that's the easiest part. But then he just, that was all he said to me. And I'm just like, that didn't help at all. I got in the car all the way home. I'm like, he said it was the easiest part, but I have no, he didn't tell me how. Once you have an amazing deal, if you post it on Facebook Marketplace and it's yeah, actually so. a good deal, buyers will see it. Buyers yep. will contact you, right? That's what he meant by that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it really is. It is not as daunting as you think it is. Um, and I absolutely what, what you just said. If it's a good deal, the buyers will come. Amazing. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Next time, we're going to be talking about how to present these deals to buyers, finding the right title company we touched on today. And we're going to talk about a few more topics like wholesaling professionally and single family home investing uh, during each market cycle. So get ready. We can't wait to see you guys and hear you guys and see your DMs. We really appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcast.